We are finishing up our series Rooted this morning. Uh, we've been talking for the last couple weeks about what it is to, uh, what this church is about, where God has called us as a church. We are a church who connects, grows, and serve. We connect people with people, that's connect. Uh, we connect people with God, that's grow. And then we connect God to the world. That is our, that's our serve mission, to take God out into the world, to have the church leave the building, if you will, and just go out and be the church. And so uh, this morning we're going to talk about serve, but I, I will just go back and just kind of revisit where we've been over the last few weeks as we've talked about connect and grow. And, and connect, we, uh, we talked about building the kind of relationships uh, that will encourage us, that will make us better. We talked about uh, having a Barnabas in our life, someone that is going to encourage us, or have a, a Nathan in our life, someone who is going to, to tell us the truth, or having a Jonathan in our life, someone who's going to, to, to let us help us to understand and get our strength from God. And so I, I, my prayer for you during those weeks that you would have one and that you would be one, that you would have a person that encourages you or have a person that uh, helps you see God in things, have a person that will speak truth to you, but also on the flip side to be that person, be that person who will encourage someone else, be that person who will, who will sit with someone in their pain and help them to see how God is still there, to be someone who will speak truth to, to another and so I, I pray, and I've been praying for you, that you would have one and be one. Uh, there, this, this is what we've got going for Connect, just to, to build these deep relationships where saying some of the things that we need to say is okay. And last week we talked about grow, talked about maturing into the image of Christ, the goal of grow, understanding and, and just, just growing in our relationship with Christ, connecting with God. And we, we looked at this prayer in the Psalms. Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me, see if there is any anxious way in me. See if there is uh, any uh, offensive ways in me. Show me my sin in my life, God, and would you lead me in the way everlasting. I hope that you have prayed that prayer this week uh, as you have just sought to grow in Christ. But today we're going to, to move on here because here's, here's, here's the deal. It is very comfortable to sit in those first two. In fact, I think there are a lot of Christians and a lot of people who, who would love it if we didn't have to go to this third piece. If we could just sit and connect and grow. Just build relationships with each other and grow in our relationship with Christ. Doesn't that just sound like an amazing time? I, I would, I'm all in on that. But unfortunately, Scripture calls us to go further. Scripture calls us to put our faith into action. In fact, it, it even goes so far in James chapter 2, says that faith without action is dead. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talks about, uh, you know, we were created, we are God's masterwork, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to go and do things. And I don't want you to get me wrong this morning, we're not saved by doing any of those things. We do those things not, not to be saved, but because we are saved. Out of our relationship with God, out of our love for God, we go and we do the things that God is calling us to do. We are called to put our faith into action. It's, it's, just, it's pretty plain and simple in Scripture. And so this, I, I want to just go through a, a passage in the book of Matthew this morning. If you want to turn with me there, Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to be uh, a lot this morning. Uh, and I just want you to, just, just this thought for this morning. As we grow, as we continue to grow in Christ, 
as our love for Christ grows, as our maturity in Christ grows, as our relationship with Christ grows, I want you to understand this. As we grow, we have a responsibility to go out. As we grow, we have a responsibility to go out. I want to say this. You are not just saved for yourself this morning. You are saved so that you might participate in the mission of God so that the world may know. You are saved for our neighbors. You are saved for the people in this neighborhood over here, for the city of Fresno. You are saved not just for yourself, but for the world. This is what serve is really all about. And so as, we, as you turn there to Matthew chapter 9 with me, uh, just a little bit of context here is what's going on in the book of Matthew. You've got Matthew chapter 1 and 2, kind of the, the birth of Jesus, the, the Christmas story, if you will. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is baptized. Matthew chapter 4, uh, Jesus goes straight from being baptized into being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. After this, Jesus begins his ministry. We have him, we, we see him healing people. We see Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, one of the, the largest sermons of Jesus that we have. I, I, I still have this dream of standing up one Sunday and just memorizing the Sermon on the Mount, just preaching it and walking off. I think that'd just be, be an amazing sermon. It'd be the best sermon I ever preached, right? Uh, and so, the, but this is Jesus' biggest sermon, his longest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Now, there's a lot of things in there that just, I mean, we could spend a whole year just talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and so we've got this sermon in, in chapters 8 and 9 in Matthew. We have Jesus preaching and teaching and healing. We have him going out to the masses and just kind of teaching and guiding and directing and healing people who are sick. We have all of this. And the end of, of chapter 9, which is where we're going to be, we kind of come to this transition point in the gospel. And so I just want to go, we go from Jesus preaching and teaching to him kind of just sending out his disciples to preach and to teach. So I want to go there this morning. Matthew chapter 9. We're going to start actually at verse 35. And here we go. We're going to read this and then we will we'll unpack this a little bit. Matthew chapter 9 starting at verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot. And Judas Iscariot, spoiler alert, who betrayed him. <laughs> a little early for that in, in scripture, but it's a little spoiler alert for you. He's just kind of just giving you a little glimpse into there. This is where I want to just stop right here. We'll keep going a little bit, but I want to stop right here. Because I think this, this passage gives us quite a glimpse into the heart of Jesus, actually. I think we see how Jesus interacts with this crowd, the feelings that he has here towards this crowd, and I think we can learn a little something about what Jesus is expecting of us as we go out. All right, because here's, here's what Jesus sees as here. It says that he, uh, when he goes through all the villages, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Now, this word compassion, you've heard me, some of you have heard me talk about this before. It's the word splankna. It's used nine times in the New Testament, but it really just means from your gut. 
Right? He, he feels compassion on them, but it's not like, a, oh, I feel bad for you. Or like, it's like, I feel your pain from the depths of who I am. All nine times in the New Testament, it's used to talk about Jesus' compassion. His passion for other people is used by this word. And he says he looks at the crowd in this moment, and he feels compassion on them. From, his, from the depths of who he is he, is, he is feeling this. Now, what was it, do I think, that Jesus was, was seeing when he looked at these people? <clears throat> First of all, I think he was seeing just the size of it. Jesus has been traveling and speaking to crowds, speaking to multitudes of people. <laughs> I think he sees just the size of everybody, and he just, has, he just knows there's, there's a need here. He feels compassion on, on the crowds. I think Jesus also, he doesn't just see the signs, but I think he sees the suffering here. He says they're like sheep without a shepherd. These people, they don't, they don't, they're not being guided. They're not being directed. They're not being protected. They're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And again, this, it's just more than just kind of an intellectual compassion. It's, it's deeper than that. It's emotional. It's a physical kind of compassion that Jesus is showing these people. And we see this from Jesus all over the place. We see in John chapter 11, as Jesus <clears throat> goes and sees Lazarus, as Lazarus has died, he sees Mary and Martha, and he has, he's deeply moved in his spirit, is what Scripture says. And he, he weeps aloud. He cries. He, he has this deep sense of compassion for them. You get to Luke chapter 19, and Jesus is, is coming down into Jerusalem as he's getting ready to be crucified. And what he, it says that he, as he's coming down into the city, he cries over the city. He weeps over the city because he sees what is going on in this city. Jesus is, is filled with compassion, not only when he sees the size of people, but when he sees just the suffering that is happening in this place. I think he's also filled with compassion when he notices and senses the separation that is there. I mean, the whole point of Jesus coming is that he, everyone would come to know him and would come to know God through him. This, this imagery of harvest that we have in this, in this, uh, in this passage, this is, this is kind of everywhere in Scripture. This, this imagery of harvest is in a lot of places in the Old Testament, the New Testament, I mean, you have it in Isaiah 17, you have it in Joel chapter 3, you have it in, later on in Matthew chapter 13, you have it in the book of Revelation a few times. Every single time we see this imagery of harvest in Scripture, it really it's talking about just the, the eternal judgment of God. He looks out and he sees this separation of the crowds. He sees like these people are not, they don't believe. They don't know the Father. They don't know me. And so he just, he sees these people and he, see, he knows that his judgment is eternal. It's not reversible. This is, this, the harvest is plentiful. When he says that, I think he, he's, he's understanding like this is the separation that is here. Now I want to just stop for a second because I think if you, if you look at just these, these things that Jesus is feeling in this moment, the reason that he's having compassion on these people, I think it's easy for us to kind of to pull ourselves away from that and say like, oh, that was, that's really good of Jesus to see that in this place. But I want you to see all three of these things are right in front of us every single day. I mean, think about the size of just this city. I, I remember uh, when we lived in Lompoc. I know it's not this city, but when we lived in Lompoc on the coast, there was a, there was a hill we used to go and climb. We would climb up it. And on the top of this hill, you could overlook the, the entire city. On a clear day, you could see the ocean. There's not many clear days there, so it was once in a while. 
<laughs> but you could. And I just remember being able to just stand on top of this hill and just overlook the whole city of Lompoc and just, just kind of see the beauty in all of that. Now hear what I said. I saw the beauty in all of that. I didn't necessarily see the, the need there. I get the same feeling when I'm driving south on 41 and I turn on to 180. And you're going to get that, that rise in the freeway and you start coming this way towards the church. Just look out your window next time and just see. I mean, Fresno is pretty flat. You can see pretty far. Just understand the size of the mission field that we have here. I don't know if you know this or not. Many of you probably know. Fresno is the fifth largest city in California. But it's the 34th largest city in the nation. There are almost 30 states without a city as big as Fresno. We have a, a sizable community here to do ministry with. I think that that size should not intimidate us, but that size should just, just drive us to go. It should drive us to go and be out in this community, to go out and make a difference in this community. This is, this is what I think, as we take the example of Jesus, I think this is what he's calling us to do. I mean, suffering, have you seen the suffering in this town? It doesn't take you long to drive around and see some suffering in the town. Uh, we live in just this, suffering is kind of everywhere around us. What about separation? I, I don't really think about this very often, maybe you don't either, but there are people that you come in contact with every single day of your life that do not know Jesus. Now, we can just kind of pretend all of this is just nothing and just keep going on with our lives. Or we can see the need like Jesus did and have compassion. I think there's a choice that we face every single day of our lives. Will we be people who show compassion? Will we be people who just go on with our lives as if nothing is happening? Right, we need to be people who have compassion. I mean, does, does seeing all of that give us a sense of compassion? Can we ignore it? See, Jesus, Jesus felt this, uh, this compassion in the very depths of who he was as he looked on this crowd, and it drives him to talk to his disciples. And I, and I think uh, this, this conversation that he has with them, it's kind of... It's, it's a one-sided conversation, at least as we have here. But I want you to just listen to these, because maybe it's, it's not what we would expect at the se second look. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I think this is so interesting. Because he's not telling his disciples to pray for the people who have need. He's not telling his disciples to, to, to make sure we pray that someday these people would come to know Christ. This is not what Jesus is praying for them. You would expect maybe that prayer, but instead he prays and he's talking about believers going out. See, apparently Jesus wasn't so concerned about lost people coming into the church. He was concerned about believers not going out to the lost. Hear this prayer. This prayer is not, we pray, uh, pray that these lost people, pray that these people might come in. No. Pray that there might be workers 
sent out into the harvest field. Sent out. I just think about that dynamic here. Jesus is not praying that people would come in. He's praying that people would go out. Say, I want to be a church of laborers, of harvesters. I want to be a church that reaches into our community and makes a difference. And uh, we've been given so much. I mean, we've, I, I, a few weeks, a few months ago, I was in our More Than a Feeling series, and we talked about service. We talked about the gifts that God has given each and every one of us that need to be used for his glory in the world. My prayer is that as we go out, as we are harvesters going out into the community, into the neighborhood, that people might come to know Jesus, that we are using the gifts that God has given us to do that. This is so important for us to be able to go out. You've been given a unique gift and a unique way to serve God. So the question is, will you do it? Will you serve him? Or are you just going to be kind of comfortable and connect and grow? We're called to go out. We are called to serve him. How do we effectively go into the neighborhood, go into the world with the gospel? I'll tell you what, the church needs to be the church. The church needs to leave the building to go out to meet people who are not Christians to talk to people who are not Christians, to, to be friends with people who are not. We need to be personally making disciples. We need to be giving our lives for other people. We need to be spreading and multiplying the gospel. This is what our lives are all about. The church needs to rise up and do what we were created to do for the sake, for the sake of our brothers and sisters across the street. This is what it's all about. We need to go out with the gospel, spread the gospel. The passage Continues here in, uh, in chapter 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. There's a name change there. I don't know if you caught that. Looks at the 12 disciples. These are the 12 disciples. And then we have this next verse. These are the names of the 12 apostles. Now, what's the what's the difference here, Pastor? You're just talking semantics with me, aren't you? No, well, kind of, but no. <laughs> See, disciples are followers. Jesus calls his followers to him, and then we have the names of the twelve apostles. You know what apostle means? Apostle means sent out one. Jesus calls his disciples in, his followers in, and he sends them out. In fact, in verse 5, I love this, verse 5, these, these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. I, I don't love our English language very much. I love some of this old language because this, this language of sent out, I, the original language is talking about flinging out. Like there's kind of like a, it's kind of a violent sending. Like you're just, you're going. Like Jesus is flinging out his disciples. Just go, go. And I'll give you instructions. Go, go do this. go. Go, go. And you see that Jesus is saying, like, you, you need to do something with what I have taught you. You need to keep going. It's not just, you don't, don't just keep following me. Yes, keep learning from me, but you are called to go. You're now an apostle. You're no longer just a disciple, a follower. You need to go. Gives them authority. A spoiler alert, again, he does it again 
in the last passage of Matthew. In fact, if you want to go there with me, we have a nickname for this passage, it's the Great Commission. Here's, here's what he says. Then the eleven disciples, spoiler alert, it was Judas, <laughs> went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Gives them authority, tells them to go. Go, I'll be with you, but go. I'll never leave you or forsake you, but go. Now, I think we need to be, as we talk about serve this year, talk about Connect Grow Serve this year, we need to kind of live in this tension between being a disciple and an apostle. We need to live in this tension of wanting to grow and wanting to follow, wanting to, to, to know more about Jesus, know more about his teachings, to know him more, to follow him more, to mature more into his image. But we are not, can't, just, can't just stay in this spot. At some point we have to get up and we've got to go. We have to put what we've learned into action and go serve. I want us to live in this tension between being a disciple and being an apostle because you are called to do both. We are called to be followers of Jesus. You're called to be a disciple who makes disciples. We've talked about this before. You're called to be a disciple. You're called to, to dive into the Word. You're called to want to grow more into His likeness. But you are also called to go, to go and to do something. Again, James, faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But you were created, Ephesians 2, to do these good works in Christ Jesus. You were created to go out. The last words of Jesus on earth in the book of Matthew are go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Go. This, this year at this church, I, I want to be people who kind of live in this tension. The tension between growth and serving. Because we're called to do both. We talked last week about all the opportunities we have at the church to grow. We're going to have opportunities to serve as well. I want you to take advantage of these opportunities to serve with your fellow believers. But if all you're doing is serving with the church while you're at church... It's not good. Our lives need to be about service. Our lives, every single day, we need to look at the people around us and feel the kind of compassion that God feels, that Jesus felt as he looked on the crowd. That should be the compassion in our lives that drives us to go out and to make a difference in our community, that drives us to go out and to, to love the people who society says are unlovable, to go out and to, to be the kind of people that Jesus is calling us to be. But we need to go out. I, I hope you kind of sense this this theme this year as we've talked about connect and grow and serve, that there's going to be opportunities here at the church to do all three of these. But it's time to go outside the four walls. 
It's time to, to go outside of these, this place, to, make, to, to build relationships with people who are not here, to, to grow outside of this place in your own personal life, to, to, to dig into the Word, to pray every day, to just, to just come to know Jesus on a deep level and to serve other people, to go out. We're called to go. The question this morning is this. Are you okay just sitting and connect and grow? Or will we commit together today to serve? I think if we're not serving, we're not doing the other two justice. Connect and grow is, just flows right into serve. This is a tangible expression of the growth that we have had in this church. When you connect with other people and, and barriers are broken down, walls are broken down, and you grow in, in, in your maturity in Jesus Christ, you grow to know him more, there is a, the only thing that you can do is to take that and to go out into the world. We are called to serve. That's what this church is going to be about. Connect, grow, serve. Connect, grow, and serve.